Yo, 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 what's up guys? It's your boy, Brandon Miller. Coming at you with the first episode of the Miller Brothers Podcast. I got my brother here, DJ. Would you like to introduce yourself? What's up guys? My name is DJ Miller. I go by Derek or DJ, depending on how close you are to me. But yeah, welcome to the first episode of the TMB show, the Miller Brothers Podcast. So yeah, yeah, I mean... This podcast is pretty much, you know, was created to, you know, answer you guys' questions. We're going to talk about different, you know, topics, whether it is sports, life in general, etc. So, it, I mean, if you guys have any questions, just post them in the comment section and we'll definitely get to them in our next show. For sure. For sure. We'll get to them. So, I guess, you know, now we can, you know, address the question at hand. But before we do that. DJ, tell them a little bit about yourself. All right. Well, just a little bit about myself. Um, my name is Derek Miller Jr. Uh, it's a fantastic name. My father is named Derek, um, and I attend the University of Iowa State. I play football here. Um, the position I play is safety and corner sometimes, you know. So I just, I just like to tell people I play DB because I, I've, I've played both <laughs> on the field at some point. So I don't really like to specify. I just say DB. Um, you know, in high school, I was a three-sport athlete, football, basketball, and track. Uh, I have two little siblings. I'm the oldest of three. I have my little brother, obviously, who's on the other line. And then I have my little sister. Uh, she's in what, – what, what grade she is? She's like seventh grade B. Seventh grade, seventh grade, growing up fast. I know, growing up fast. She, she pretty bossy. She pretty bossy and sassy at times. But, (laughs) but you gotta love Ava. Ava, the the last one, baby. Save the best for last. Save the best for last. For sure, for sure. Um, I'm majoring in business economics and entrepreneurship. A little double major action going on. You know what I'm saying? Um, and I'm just trying to trying to live the dream, man. Trying to do something big. Trying to change the world. So that that's a little bit about me, Brandon. Why don't you go ahead and tell them about yourself, bro? What is there to be said? I mean, what is I've there to be said, of... man? Don't be humble. <laughs> Don't be humble. Go ahead. And tell them about yourself, dog. Go ahead. I mean, my name is Brandon Miller. I'm the middle child out of the three. Older brother DJ, yes, younger sir. sister Ava. Went to high school at John Burroughs. Oh, actually, or should I say, the John Burroughs School, the best school in Missouri. Most important, the the John Burroughs School. There it is. Yeah. I mean, there's not much to be said about me. I'm run track at Texas A&M University. Um, played basketball all my life, football when I was younger. But track was really was really my passion, and to be able to pursue that at the next level really means a lot to me. So, uh, but what people don't know is I really route DJ up when we used to practice drills. But cap. he ain't gonna tell y'all all. Cap. <laughs> he ain't gonna tell Major y'all all that. If for our older listeners, if you don't know what cat means, it means he's lying. He's <laughs> lying. He's not telling the truth. He's telling a fib. I think that's what y'all y'all used to call it, right? A fib? Is that what they used to say? A be? fib? A fib? Uh, yeah, yeah. I think that's what they used to yeah, say. Yeah, a fib. Yeah, all right. <laughs> <laughs> nah, but I guess we get to the question at hand. I mean, we have a, we have a couple of questions that... People wanted us to address. Right, right. One being the like the recruiting process at the D one level for our respective sports. So for me, track you football, obviously. Yep. 
and why did we choose the schools that we did? So I guess we can kind of take them one by one and we'll attack the first question first. So DJ, like when it, like, how was the recruiting process for you at the D1 level for football? Uh, okay, so I think football, obviously being like the highly toted after a sport, it is like people really pay attention to the recruiting process. And so like, if you don't play football, like people know when people can really start getting offers and you know you hear about all these crazy cases like kids getting offers in seventh eighth grade and uh, ninth grade and that's real you can't get offered that early uh, but, you know, i've had friends that have gotten offers um in the ninth grade now those are like verbal offers they can't offer you an official scholarship i think to like your junior year or something like that junior year i think but yeah, yeah like the verbal offers those are real and so it's a very very complicated process and it's it's fun but it's harsh at the same time you know because you're making one of the biggest decisions of your life and you got people that are coming and saying anything to get you to come to their school only to be fired (laughs) when you get there so (laughs) you really gotta you really gotta seep through all the bs that some schools are going to tell you and you really gotta look at yourself and see and ask yourself where do you want to go in life, and what school gives you the best opportunity to achieve that goal, you know. And so for me, I was lucky enough to have two great parents to help along to help me out with the recruiting process. You know, they were both uh, D one athletes, and we'll probably get to that a little bit later. We'll probably tell you more about mm-hmm. our family a little bit later. But they were both D one athletes. Our father played football, and our mother ran track. Um, they went to Mizzou, and so that's where they naturally met, um, and then got together, and eventually we came along. But I was so thankful and so grateful to have them in our process, in my process, um, because they could bring the knowledge that other people may not have because they didn't go through it, but they did. And with them being my parents, I think I just got lucky on that. And so. Having those two in the corner and having some sort of awareness about how it works was a definitely a big help. Um, and so I would say the recruiting process officially started, and I would say we got a little, I got a little taste in eighth grade just about getting recruited to different high schools um, mm-hmm. for football, and you know just a, just a little like you know tap your foot in the water sort of deal, wiggle yeah, your toes sure, around sure. so. And so getting recruited to football, for football, for different high schools, got a little taste. And then in ninth grade is when it started for college. And it's like, ooh, it's a, it's a pretty big step, pretty big jump up from high school to college. And I was already aware of that in ninth grade. And so ninth grade, I believe, played on freshman team and then got up on varsity and immediately put together some clips, highlights, and then started sending it off to coaches because it starts that early because I had guys in my class that are already getting offers in the ninth grade. And I was like, man, I, I should be getting offers too. But, you know, it, it's tough because it's like a love-hate relationship because you, if a coach don't see nothing in you and you know you got it in you, then it's like, man, you don't know what you're missing. But Oh, no, for sure. You don't know sure. what you're missing, but they, they just move on. But it's okay. Uh, so basically, I started going to camps in that next off season, ninth grade off season. Started hitting the weight room a little bit, got a little bigger for my sophomore season. Sophomore season um, did pretty well. Uh, I ended up getting hurt midway through the year, so that hindered my film a little bit. 
but in that, in that off season, I was able to uh, go to more, some more camps and make some more noise and accrue my first offer um, from Indiana State University. Coach Deion Broomfield, never forget, shout out to that guy. Uh, never forget. Um, first offer is always, always the oh, most important. Always the most important because that's the first first school who ever took a chance on me and decided, like, hey, this kid can play on this level. And so I'm forever grateful for Deion Broomfield and the staff that was there at that time and taking a chance on me. You know, it, it, was, it was great. It was great to see and great to hear once he said, yeah, we're offering you a scholarship. That, that made me that made my day, made me happy, made me realize I can actually <laughs> do it. So, And the funny thing is, I remember that day. I, I was walking to track practice, uh-huh. and DJ ran up to me and tapped me on the shoulder <clears throat> and said, man, I, I just got my first offer. And as a, as a little brother and seeing how much work he put in to get to that point, I was just so ecstatic for the man, and I would never forget that moment ever. Yeah, it, it it was a it was a moment to remember for sure, man, for sure. Um, and so moving on, moving to that junior season, junior season, you know, I, I I was able to gain a few more offers from that first one heading into my junior season from going to a number of different camps. And my biggest one that I gained that summer was Iowa, University of Iowa. That was the biggest one. Yep. Um, and I was ecstatic off of that. And I had gained uh, Iowa State prior to Iowa. But the, the, at the time, Iowa was a bigger school than Iowa, um, Iowa State, my bad. And so, like, that was, like, a huge offer for me. Um, I mean, I have two power fives. And, I mean, that was just – I was on top of the world. And so I went into junior season with a little – a little different swagger, you know what I mean? And then, mm-hmm. and then I ended up breaking my foot right before the season started, so that kind of set things back a little bit. Rolled around, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm ready to commit. And Iowa State was really, really recruiting me heavy, and I was really feeling them at the time, and that's that's where I picked. That's where I picked because the coaches, they, they showed so much effort and trying to build a relationship with me and my family, getting to know my family, which was big for me. Um, No, because typically coaches don't do that. They don't come and try to build a relationship with your little sister, your little brother. Uh, They only try to build a relationship with you and your mom or your dad. You know, they don't really typically pay attention to the siblings because they don't view them as important. But this coaching staff did, and that meant a lot to me. Um, and so that's why I ended up picking them because I felt that the culture was different, and it really is a five-star culture here. And I don't regret any decision that I've made. I'm so glad that I picked to come to Iowa State. Um, it's been one of the greatest decisions of my life, and I've had a blast since then. Um, so that is my process from the D1 football perspective. Oh, it came down, my bad. It came down to Iowa State, Iowa, and Yale. And we can get more about that Ivy League stuff. Um, But Yale was definitely a top one. And my mother was a big pusher behind that one. So (laughs) She sure was, man. Mm -hmm. She sure was. Sure was. She sure was. But that's, that's a little bit about my process. Brandon, why don't you go ahead and tell us about your process, how it worked for you. 
Uh, okay, all right. Um, well, first, I'm going a, I'm to a kind of backtrack to what you said about, you know, our parents. They were really important within the college recruiting process because, again, they had that knowledge. And I feel like knowledge is the biggest thing you can have when it comes to the college recruiting process. Knowledge is huge. Especially knowledge is is humongous and that's why i feel like we're doing this so other people can have the knowledge yes because with knowledge you can kind of see through the fakeness and kind of just you know sift through you know all of the things that coaches are telling you or what you should and what you shouldn't do to ultimately make the decision that's the best fit for you i feel like people tend to chase a name rather than try to pick the best fit for them. Right. And we call it chasing blue bloods. That's what we call it. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm not I don't know if that that's what we call it in the track and field world, but but definitely my my biggest like advice for people is find a school that fits for them. Like I feel like Iowa State was a perfect for fit for DJ and I feel like Texas A&M was the perfect fit for myself right right yeah you definitely want to find somewhere that fits you fits your needs and fits your wants and capabilities and will have the resources available for you to flourish because that's what's most important you know excuse me that's what's most important you don't want to go to a college that you just have to sit back and sit in the corner and not be able to be yourself you know you want to go to somewhere that you can be yourself and flourish and grow as a human being whether you're a man woman or whatever grow as a human being and become a better person by the end of it and i think iowa state definitely does that for me allows me the opportunity to grow as a man Mm -hmm. and in my sport you know that Mm -hmm. i think that's what people don't understand is so good about this school. It they the coaching staff will push you to become a better man rather than just a better football player. You know, it, it's much right. more than football. It's bigger than football, and I think that is what is huge and why we're having such a good year right now. Is because right. Right. our program has been able to push guys to become better people, and therefore, being better people, we become better football players mm. naturally. You know. Right. So, right. What? But talk about the culture down at Texas A&M. I know you've only been there for a few months and whatnot. But what have you seen and what have you felt down there to make it really feel like home? I mean, with Texas A&M, I really wanted to run with people that I knew. You know, I wanted to be in an environment that would help me grow, not as a runner but as a man as well um i'm by myself i have to you know do things for myself now um i'm not around mom dad you uh or anything like that so it's like i have to now think for myself Mm -hmm. i have to think you know for the man like for the man that i want to become Mm -hmm. every decision that i make right now is affecting how my life is going to be in the future ultimately you know what Mm -hmm. i mean so Texas A&M has really helped me in ways that I cannot really explain. Um, It's helped me grow as a person, as I said before. And it's just really beneficial for me as an individual that I'm here 
in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So I guess right now I'll I'll take you back to like my recruiting process mm-hmm. for my respective sport. Yeah, go ahead. Um, I guess my recruiting process kind of started off early, so I was always pretty a, a pretty good runner as a child, right? So no, no, when you, it's you, easy, you, easy to get dusted. On the, on the <laughs> don't okay. Don't don't let him count. Don't let him count. Used to get dusted on the regular Stop by it. your older brother. By your older brother. Stop used to it. get dusted on the regular man. Come on. Now. Maybe when I was like, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe when I was like four. No. Stop man. it. See this dude. No, hey guys, no, don't don't let this man. Hey, don't you can look man. it up. Who had the records before Brandon? Hey, look it up. Please look it up and let us know if you find them. Who had the records before Brandon? He broke mine. Okay, I give him that. Okay, but what you just said? He, he broke mine. I'll, I'll give him that. Exactly. But, but guess exactly. what? Who had the records before you? Your your older brother. Oh, Lord. Your older brother. And who broke them? Who broke you, them? you didn't break all of them. That's all he, I he didn't break all of them. He only broke. I definitely broke no, all of you them. You started breaking. But them you know what? Like, that's not hey. what we're talking about right now. We 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 can we can establish that in a different episode. <laughs> that's just a little brotherly competition right there. Dust but this, man. again, man. I was always. A pretty good runner when I was a child. So you grow up garnering attention and things of that sort from college coaches at a young age. So when my freshman year hit, um, I had colleges reach out to my mom because colleges at that point can't speak directly to the athlete. So I had colleges reach out to my mom, just establishing early relationships and things of that sort. And um I went on to break 150 as a freshman, and again, it, it kind of grew. Sophomore year was pretty much the same, just kind of just reaching out, establishing relationships with me through my mom and with my mom as well because, you know, that was my coach at that time. Junior year comes, and September 1st of my junior year is when colleges could reach out to me. And I remember on September 1st, I was going to Iowa State for DJ. And when the deadline hit, I think it was 8 o'clock September 1st, I had college coaches reaching out to me, like right after the deadline. So it made me feel pretty special. I had a couple schools, I, I believe, like LSU, Texas, just just a couple schools reach out to me and things of that sort. And as the following months went by, you start receiving mail, you start receiving phone calls, and everything of that sort. Senior, junior year track season comes, I get hurt. I lose contact with some coaches due to coaches being always on the move in track and field, especially in track and field. A lot of a, a coach that could recruit you in the fall may not be there in the spring. I feel like that's what people have to understand is when you pick a school, make sure the coach is going to be there for the long run. Because that's the coach that is recruiting you. Right. But at the end of the day, people have to realize that college sports is ultimately a business. You know what I mean? People are going to make the best moves for themselves. Right, right. And I feel like when people understand that, the better off they're going to be. Right. And I feel like it's even more emphasized in track that that coaches, your coach stays because, I mean, they're going to be your coach for all all three, four years, or however long you decide to stay. I mean, you you, you right. could get recruited. Like in football, you could get recruited by the head coach could recruit you, and the position coach would come like once or twice, 
and you don't know how that position coach coaches until you get up there, you know. But in track, right. you could get a feel for how that coach is, how that coach coaches, you know, before you even go down there. Oh yeah, yeah, and it's all about the type of person they are. You know what I mean? So, again, I'm going through my recruiting process my junior year. I get hurt, lose contact with some schools, gain contact with others, things of that sort. Actually, um, let me back up for a second. So, January of my junior year was my first official visit. Mm -hmm. I went to Penn State on January 25th. Mm -hmm. It was a great visit. Great visit. I I loved it. Senior year comes... I schedule a couple more visits. I believe I visited Texas A and M on in like September, September six, I believe. I visited Iowa State that next week, and that was when Iowa played Iowa State. It was that little, um, that little rivalry. Side note: That was the that first nature. game I ever played in. My first collegiate football game. First game, we was so pumped when he got in. Yeah, it was his freshman year. After that. I went to Mississippi State, I, I believe, like a month later. And I finally ultimately ultimately made my decision to go to Texas A&M. I believe I made that decision just because of the fact that I was very comfortable with the coaches. My host did a great job of hosting me. And I just felt like that was the place I can grow the most, not only as a runner, but as an individual as well. I had to feel like... I was in a position where I can carve out my own path and really be able to, to show people who I am as an individual. Um, but I think to back up, I think we should talk to these people or the listeners about official visits because I feel like a lot of it is blurred and not, and not a lot of people really know what an official visit is and all the details that go into that. So you, um, do you want to start or do you want me to start from like the track? point of view because I know trust me guys track official visits are a lot different from football official visits oh yeah they are a lot different but I mean I only took one official visit so I think I'm gonna take my piece of conversation and switch it between the differences between unofficial visits and official visits because I took Uh, like that's a great that's great because I took like 80 unofficial visits to like 20 different schools (laughs) So, yeah, I I think I'll take that that little piece of the conversation. But you go ahead and start with your little two cents on official visits from the track point of view. Okay, cool. So, obviously, it's different right now due to COVID. But in a non-COVID world, this is how official would usually work. You would usually get to the school on a Friday. Um, you will meet with the coaching staff or a coach will meet you at the hotel. And usually that's, you know, kind of, no, 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 no. You usually get there on a Thursday. Yeah. Thursday. You usually get there on a Thursday night. Yes. Mm-hmm. I'm tripping. You usually get there on a Thursday night. The coach, uh, meets you at your hotel, you know, talk to you for a little bit. And then you usually go, you know, chill in your hotel room for a little bit for the night. You wake up in the morning and you're greeted by the coaching staff or, you know, your event coach or whatever. And they usually have breakfast with you. They have breakfast with you. And then Friday is is usually where all the meetings are, to be honest with you. You know, you'll meet with the academic advisor. You'll meet with your your major uh, advisor. 
your intended major advisor, as I say, mm-hmm. and it's it's just full of academic meetings as well. Um, it's what they call the quote unquote boring stuff, but it's very important because you know you're not just going to school just for sports, right? So usually, you you get fed lunch, you get fed dinner, on official visits they feed you really well, and then after about seven o'clock, I should say, they release you with your host, your your athlete host. So then you'll go chill with the team or whatever, maybe go to a party, uh, just depending on what's on for the night. You go back to your hotel room, sleep, wake up the next morning, and usually there is a football game that next morning for that Saturday. Mm-hmm. Uh, that you go tailgate, you go to the football game, you have fun, and all that good stuff. And then you usually go out with the team that night. Saturdays are usually the quote-unquote fun days. A lot of photo shoots with the jerseys and stuff happen on Saturdays and things of that nature. So uh, then you go back to your hotel room, sleep, and you're out the next morning. So I I feel like that's usually a a typical schedule, like a rough outline of what an official visit would look like. Of course, there's going to be little differences here and there, but... If you're expecting to go on an official visit, that's usually what you can expect. They're, they're a lot of fun, though. Don't get me wrong. A lot of fun. Yeah, most well, definitely. Um, I would say there are some key differences in track and football. I would say one of the main differences. Um, and, like, my school is different because I only took one official to Iowa State. And that was the only official I ever took. And how it was different is they waited – because I committed before I took my officials, so they took all the commits who didn't take their officials, and they set a mm-hmm. date for December. Um, it was December 7th and 8th, 7th through the 9th, um, actually. And I remember because I had a basketball tournament that I skipped that weekend to go on the <laughs> official. Uh, but we'll get to that in another episode. But, yeah, they set up that weekend for all the commits to have their official the same weekend, and it was a blast. Um because they, they, they rolled out the red carpet for us, made us feel really loved, and, yeah, it, it was it was a ton of fun. We we went, like, uh, snowboarding, sledding, um, because it's Iowa, and the snow's always in Iowa somewhere. That's crazy. <laughs> the snow's always in Iowa somewhere. Uh, we What else did we do? Uh, we went paintballing. Um, <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, pa- paintballing was pretty, was pretty fun, not going to lie. Um, and then... We uh, we just got a chance to enjoy each other's company, talk to the older guys. They had, like, a highlight video. Um, the hotel was nice. Uh, it, it was just a good time. And then, obviously, we got a chance to hang out with the guys um, on the team and enjoy their company. It, it was just a blast the whole weekend. You know, they really rolled out the red carpet for us. Um, and, oh, we got to go to a basketball game, too, which was nice. It was uh, pretty nice. Um, now, the difference between that and unofficials, unofficials typically last a day. Or if you like a big-time right. recruit, it'll last two days, and it'll be like an unofficial official, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> unofficial official. Yeah. So uh, unofficial is basically you just go there, and they have a tour set up of the facilities, and you get to come watch practice um, or come watch a game, um, depending on what – time of the year you go um and i took a ton of them so i I got to watch a lot of practices um 
excuse me, I got to watch a lot of practices from a lot of teams, and I enjoyed it. I mean, I went on a ton of unofficials. I went to, like, Northwestern, Iowa, Iowa State, Wisconsin, Nebraska. I mean, I went, went to a whole bunch of schools on unofficial. Notre Dame, Notre Dame was a great game. Um, got to meet the leprechaun. You know, a little five foot. Fight on. Yeah, fight on. <laughs> five foot guy. Um, but yeah, man. It, unofficials are, honestly, I would say unofficials are more fun because you get unlimited amount of unofficials. Um, you just need modes of transportation. If you're a big time recruiter, I, I, think, I don't think that would be a problem. You know, if you're a big time recruit. Uh, but I, I think unofficials are a lot more fun. Uh, because yeah, yeah, definitely. Because um, just because the sheer number of them, you know, you you get a limited amount yeah. of officials. Yeah, you only get five officials. So I feel like if you're really trying to choose between two schools on where to take an official, and they're both within like a manageable range on which you can travel, right. travel, then definitely take unofficials to both of them, and then depending on those unofficials, then you can decide which school you will want to take that official. Right, right. Point. And and um, when you when you take an official, school's going to put their best foot forward, regard, like period. So like you're going to get well, everybody's regardless. best. So if you're really deciding, I would say take an unofficial multiple times to the same school uh, to really get a feel and really try them out. Because like say they put their best foot forward, the first unofficial you get, like okay, all right, I'm gonna come up again and see if you can do it again. You know, and right if you got to see their consistency, and the more times you go, I feel the more you get a better feel for how that school fits you and fits what you're looking for, you know? So I would say definitely take more officials, as much unofficials, my bad, as much unofficials as you can to really get a feel for the school, you know what I'm saying? Oh, for sure. Um, I feel like one thing we have to hit on, uh, just because the question was about the recruiting process, and I feel like we already hit on why we chose the schools that we did. And I believe like this is a big question that a lot of people want, you know, want information on. Yeah. Is how can you get an offer or what are the steps you need to to take to get an offer for football or for track? Oh, uh, that's a beautiful question. I'll start I'll start off with a uh, football um, football perspective. So what do you do to get an offer in football? Man, great question and I asked myself that question like a hundred times a <laughs> hundred times when I was like in seventh eighth ninth grade like what do I need to do is there like a magic person I need to go talk to like what what do I need to do you know um, and basically it comes down to hard work dedication and a good marketing strategy basically Hard work. Mm, gotta be marketable. Dedication and a good marketing strategy. You need some sort of internet, social media presence. You need somebody that knows somebody on the NCAA level. Because the harsh truth is, like, you can have all the talent in the world. And if you're from a small town in Iowa, nobody's gonna know your name. Except for the yeah, people. If you don't market if yourself. You don't market yourself it, nobody's going to know your name if you're from like a small town in Iowa and you, you're like Miles Garrett. <laughs> if you, uh, right, right, right. right. <laughs> no, nobody's going to know your I mean, name. That's just a harsh truth. That's just a harsh truth. And so you need like some sort of social media presence. Um, 
you need somebody to like get your help get your name out there and you need to help put yourself out there too like market yourself and but I mean that's half the battle but I would say first and foremost you need to hard work have good a good work ethic and then dedicate yourself to what you're going to pursue whether it be football basketball soccer tennis whatever whatever you're going to pursue like whatever it is you you need to dedicate yourself um how important would you say camps are in the football recruitment process? Very important. Very important. Especially the camps at the schools. That's, that is, I believe, an underrated big deal. An underrated big deal, mm-hmm. to say the least. The camps at the schools, you get to go to the school, go to the coach's home, and show them what you are capable of. And like these satellite camps are good, but along with these satellite camps... There are hundreds and hundreds of kids that come to these satellite camps. Not many people are going to the actual camps at the schools. So with that less amount of people, like the lesser amount of people, gives you the better chance to stand out. Mm. Gives you the better chance to stand out. And not too many people are going because they're too lazy and the cost is too great. And although that may be true for some people, if you can afford it, I would say 100% you need to go to the schools. Because that is how you are going to get offers. Um, if because if you all you need is one good day, all you need is one one good day. One good day. And if it's that day, you are you are likely to come out with an offer at the end of that camp. And versus like if you have a good day at the end of a satellite camp, there could be forty other kids that have a good day, and and twenty other kids that have a great and day. twenty other kids you know right I mean? and twenty other kids that have a great day. <laughs> so, it, but if you go to their place first of all that's showing them that you are very interested if you're willing to drive or fly wherever you are to their university and on top of that you show out oh yeah you're getting an offer you're getting an offer if if you do if you do what you're supposed to do so that's but you have to ball out though yeah you have you have you have to ball out you have to have a great day have to have a great day can't be afraid of the moment can't be afraid of the moment exactly can't be afraid of the moment now if you have a great day i like this opening or adidas you're not going to get you're not going to get an offer from that you're not mm-hmm. all you're going to do is get a promotion to the next camp you know you're going to get invited to like mm-hmm. the like if a quarterback has a good day at the regional opening you're going to get invited to elite 11 you know but you're not going to get an offer right. from it whereas if you had that same sort of performance as you did at the regional camp at say the university of miami you're gonna get offered right. <laughs> straight up. Right. You're gonna get an offer, right. and that and that's what it's all about. Like you, you're showcasing yourself at these camps to accrue offers to pick a school. You know, right? So, yes, camps are huge, and I think they're under such an underrated deal, such an underrated deal that people really right. need to start getting on top of. Um, and then also seven oh seven. Seven oh seven is a huge deal too, because that gives you a chance to give some all get some off season film. Um, Especially mm-hmm. if you're a skill guy. Now, if you're a lineman, <laughs> I'm sorry, uh, I'm not a lineman. I'm a little, I'm a little guy. You know, I'm a little, a little quick, speedy guy. But seven on seven is huge too. Get 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 a chance to get out there, get some more film, and you get to cover some of the nations. I'm just talking about from DB DB perspective. Get to cover some of the nations' top prospects if you're on a travel team. You know, mm-hmm. um, which is great for coaches. So. 
definitely, definitely go to university camps in 707. Huge. Absolutely huge. Mm. That's great. That's great insight right there. Um, For the track point of view, I would say this. I would first start off by making a list of the schools that you're interested in. And then usually go into the... Oh, my goodness. little voice crack right there. (laughs) But uh, usually go into their website and maybe like filling out a questionnaire but when you go to the website they also have like a list of times on like for scholarships so for instance say in the 800 a school will have a walk-on standard and a scholarship standard so the walk-on standard might be say 156 but the scholarship standard could be 151 so it's all about looking at those times and seeing where you stack up mm-hmm. but I think pretty much the, the most important thing is what we touched on earlier you have to be marketable you have to market yourself you have to uh, you have you have to make sacrifices and you have to put your name out there whether that be you know just promoting yourself on your own Instagram emailing coaches at the end of the day you have to market yourself you have to but but I feel like track is a easier way to market yourself because you have um, athletic dot sites like mile 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 split athletic dot athletic dot net run is a time for track. If you run a time, it's gonna get out there. Like, say somebody goes out there and runs twenty point five in the two hundred in high school, that time would definitely get out there when the results are recorded. So definitely market yourself, uh, so you can, you know, gain a, a bigger following from these coaches and. And people of that nature, right? And just, just don't be discouraged if you know offers aren't coming right now. It, it's all about you know the long game. You gotta you know you gotta set yourself up for life. So if I'm in a situation where I'm a junior or I'm a senior with no offer right now, don't get discouraged because a lot of people have still made it to where they need to be while they're in the same position as you. So like all. What I like to say is control what you can control. You can control how well you market yourself. You can control how hard you work. You can control your performances you put on the track. And if you do your best to control everything that you can, the results will inevitably, inevitably, oh my goodness. Jeez. They will come nonetheless. So. You definitely just want to control what you can control and just work as hard as you can. You know, you always got to know that the next person is trying to chase what you're chasing. Exactly. I mean, when it comes to the recruiting game and when it just comes to the, the, the sport in general or any sport in general, you have to be a dog. I feel like there's no Mr. Nice Guy when it comes to sports. You know what I mean? None. None at all. You have to be willing to take food off other, other people's, people's plates. plates. Exactly. For sure, because like the the scholarship that you are chasing and the scholarship that that other person is chasing is the might might be the be the same the scholarship. Same one, the you know only what I mean? One might be the same scholarship. Right, and it could and, and in track. I believe, I think it could come down to an actual race. Like if you guys are looking at the same school, so say. John and Harry are looking to go to LSU 
a four. Right. I don't know the four hundred meter. Right. And mm-hmm. John runs a forty four point five one. And Harry, goodness gracious, <laughs> okay, you go, you going really fast enough. Okay, but keep going. Uh-huh. And Harry runs a forty four point six. Right. That's right. Damn near the same time. Right. Right. It's almost the right. same time, but it's, it's it's not exactly the same time, and so right. the coaches are recruiting them, and they have one scholarship left, and it comes down to the state finals, and they're like, "Hey, you know, we want to offer John, but we feel like Harry has greater potential. Whoever wins this race right. will get it." And like in track, like there's less scholarships in track, so I feel like yeah, it's even sure. more of a sense of urgency to like you know you you gotta. You gotta beat them, you know. You just gotta beat the man right. next to you, and I feel like that's how it is, uh, over, over across all sports. But I feel like in track, and I just looked it up. And I just looked it up. There, there are twelve scholarships, pretty much like twelve. I think it's like twelve point six for men's, yeah, and around like seventeen point five, eighteen for women. So, I think you have so many people who, you know, run track, and a lot of people are trying to get their college paid for, or at least partially paid for. Right. You have to be relentless when it comes to the recruiting process. Relentless. Have to be. Because, again, you're setting yourself up for life. For life. You know, there's 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 no guarantees that, you know, that the other person would do the same for you mm-hmm. if they were put in the same situation. Right. You got to take food off of other people's plates. Period. I mean, that's just, that's just a harsh reality. I, you know... We wish we live in a world where everybody could be nice and everybody can get scholarships, but at the end of the day, that's just not reasonable. That's just that's not just reasonable. Not happening. But like, really though, it's preparing you for the real world because in real life, they don't offer jobs to just anybody or everybody, you know. Mm. And so it's preparing yeah. you to get that job, you know. Like if you and another candidate have the same sort of deal, same sort of, um, I don't know, achievements or credentials. And you guys go into the interview. That interview could decide who gets the job. And so you, you, and if right. that's your one of your good friends, you can't be like, oh, okay, I'm gonna just lay down so he can have it. No, you gotta go get that job because you gotta put food on your. Have you to. gotta put food. You gotta eat. <laughs> you gotta eat. Right. Too. You gotta eat at the end of the day. You gotta have eat. To. And I mean that. That's just that's just what it is. You gotta eat. Are you you just gonna lay down and let somebody else go, um, and have them eat? Because then they're not going to take care of you. Mm-mm. They're not going to take. They're not going to offer you. They're not going to pay for your house, pay for your car, pay for your bills. Right? No. For what? Nope. <laughs> for what? And not at and all. I think the sooner people realize that mindset, then the better off they'll be, especially on the collegiate sports level. Um, and if you call yourself a true competitor, then I think that mindset is absolutely crucial. Absolutely crucial. It's necessary. It's necessary. Mandatory. Absolutely mandatory. But again, also, I forgot to touch on, you know, the JUCO prospect. Um, JUCO is a blessing in disguise, I feel like. A lot of people take JUCO for granted um, for the fact that a lot of people think that JUCO is the lowest level of sports when actually it's it's a pretty high level of sport. I mean, as you've seen Last Chance U on Netflix, and even on the track level, there are so many D1 talent people on the JUCO level. Mm-hmm. And 
it's just a way for you to go develop dogs. for one to two years. Big dogs down there. Straight, straight dogs in Jupiter. <laughs> dogs. And and the thing is, I think and and here's another thing. I think people really disrespect if it's. I feel like a lot of people think it's D one or bust. Right. You know I mean? Yeah. 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 I, yeah. Yeah. That's a that's a when, great point. When it's really not. No. When it's really not, especially in track, and especially in football as well. You could get to where you need to be, whether you go D1, D2, D3, NAIA, or JUCO. Because if you run that time, you're going to get where you need to be. And in football, if you make the plays, you're going to get where you need to be. Exactly. So don't look at your situation and be discouraged because you're not D1. You can ultimately become pro or whatever you desire just where you're at. You just have to put in the hard work. And you have to make the plays and you can't be afraid of the moment. A lot of people work so hard and when they get to the moment, they get they get chicken eyed, they get wide eyed right. when the lights come on and that and you just can't at the end of the day. So don't be discouraged on which level of collegiate sports you want, because at the end of the day, you are a collegiate athlete, and because of that, you have to perform to the best of your abilities. Again, what we talked about earlier. Control what you can control, and everything will figure it itself out when you can control when you can when you control what you can control. Right there, you go. There you go. <laughs> Goodness gracious! Now, now, B, I got I got one more question, and then we we can wrap it up here a little bit. Okay. Uh, one more sure. question for you. So I know you hit the track scene heavy, like dropped a bomb on the track scene. I think you were eight, right? Eight or nine. Something like that, yeah. Eight or nine, right? And then that's when you really started to gain a following in the track world. Now, with that following, and you grew it more and more, like, as years started to go, and you naturally had interviews and stuff, and I remember you saying, um, Oregon was your dream school. You know, you were were huge on Oregon. Oregon Ducks to you, Prefontaine, till you die. You know, <laughs> Prefontaine to you <laughs> die. And I know for real track fans out there, they want to know why did you not choose your dream school over Texas and now? Please, because I know some people out there have had similar situations where their dream school is Michigan and they end up choosing Nebraska. So right. tell, tell me your reasoning why you chose Texas A&M over your so long dream school school. Oregon funny when I was 13 my mom took our family to Arkansas for the NCAA indoor championships and I remember getting there and it was a it was a surprise that we were even there and I remember going to the meet and I walked up to the Oregon coach and I told him I I said I'm gonna run for you one day funny how things work out (laughs) so (laughs) I think what it came down to is I kind of, you know, obviously matured as the years went on. I'm not saying you can't have a dream school, mm-hmm. but I didn't put one school over another when it came to to the recruiting process before I heard what everybody had to say and saw what everybody offered me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I think the biggest thing why I chose A&M over like an Oregon in in school universities of that nature is 
Texas won the weather. Um, <laughs> it's always, always raining in Oregon. I don't think that would be good for my mental. Two, I just felt like I couldn't live in Oregon. I feel like a lot of people don't understand that when they make their college decision. When you're on the what's wrong with Oregon? Visit, what's wrong with Oregon? Why why couldn't you live in Oregon? Like like it's just the little things for me. Like I remember when I went to Oregon for the Olympic trials to watch. I went to McDonald's and the high sea and the high sea tasted different. Mm. You know what I mean? So it's just little things like that that don't remind you of home. Gotcha. And you know that stuff can build up and and plus it's in a whole different environment than what I'm used to. Right. So. I don't. I just don't personally think I can live in Oregon, and a lot of people have to be mature enough to just sit down while they're on their official having so much fun mm-hmm. with the facility tours and the parties and all that, and ask themselves, "Can I actually live here?" Mm-hmm. And I just felt like A and M gave me the best chance of becoming a better runner, a better man, and also gave me a great education. Mm-hmm. And everything that I was looking for in a school, so that's why I ultimately chose Texas A and M over all the other schools. Okay, yeah, because I know a lot of people wanted to know the answer to that question because I know I personally yeah, sure. have received that. It was like, "Him, Brandon, want to go to Oregon for the longest?" I'm like, "Yeah, he uh, did." Yeah, and it's so. like, you know why he picked Texas A and M? I'm like, apparently he liked them better. I don't know. So, <laughs> so glad you could sure. glad you could uh, clear that up for the people. Um, so they know what went through your head, but hey, oh yeah, for sure. First podcast, man. How you feel? I feel good, man. I feel like we had great conversations, and uh, I'm looking forward to you know more to come. Yeah, more to come, more episodes to come. Uh, personally, I appreciate everybody listening to this. If you have, and please don't hesitate to share our podcast name out there to your friends and your family. We would. Love to get everybody to listen to it. Um, and this is family friendly. I mean, <laughs> all of you, all of you can gather around and you know, listen and things like yeah, that. Yeah, we're so. gonna be talking about any and everything. We haven't really decided on a specific topic yet. Uh, we're trying out a whole bunch of different ones right now uh, because I think we offer very unique perspectives. So, yeah. So yeah. All right. All right. See y'all.